0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show, and also welcome to the weekend. We love Fridays during football season, don't we? I mean, we love Fridays to begin with any time of the year, but it's so much better when you've got something to look forward to, and the Miami Dolphins season got off to a good start. I know it was back and forth in Los Angeles against the Chargers. But they left L.A. with a W, and now you're really looking forward to seeing what the Dolphins can do in New England against Bill Belichick and those New England Patriots. So happy Friday to everybody. It's September 15th, right in the middle of the month. Hard to believe how quickly September is going by. Heck, the Miami Hurricanes, they've already had three football games, normally on a Friday, I'd preview the Dolphins, and then I'd preview the University of Miami. But they played last night, a blowout win over Bethune-Cookman, as it should have been. So we got a game to recap and then a game to preview. The Dolphins will be on their way to Foxborough, and they will try to get their second W of the season in two tries. So it'll be a little bit different on this Friday, which I like. I like different. Usually we're doing strictly the look ahead to both Miami teams. But because the Canes played last night, we get a bit of a breakdown to what happened at Hard Rock Stadium. And I say a bit of a breakdown because they faced Bethune-Cookman. And I'm sure Bethune-Cookman has some fine football players and some great people. But we know they're nowhere near the University of Miami's level. Vegas knows that. Soon I'll be able to say Hollywood Florida knows that when the Seminoles start to make lines in the state of Florida. That'll be happening very soon, and I'll get to more on that in just a little bit. But last night the Canes were a 53-point favorite. Some books had him at 53 and a half. So it's not like I'm disrespecting Bethune-Cookman football. I know that's what Mario Cristobal was saying earlier in the week when Susan from the Herald asked him, hey, look, you guys are playing Bethune-Cookman, so is this a time where you're going to rest some players, get other players work? And he's like, that would be disrespectful to the game of football disrespectful to a program look in the end the University of Miami wound up playing a lot of players that normally would not get game action so you can say whatever you want publicly but actions speak louder than words and so do betting lines always anytime you want to know what somebody is thinking about a matchup Just look at the odds. Not saying that's what's going to happen, but just look at the odds, because that tells you what people are thinking. Now, not every time what somebody thinks is reality in the end. Look, the Canes didn't beat Bethune-Cookman by 53. They were up 48-0, but they wound up winning 48-7. I wouldn't have bet that game. Even with your money. But in Florida right now, you can't do it legally anyway, so it's not an option. There are not lots of reports, but there's one or two reports out there that have been spread around to all different stations on television, all different publications on the internet about sports betting coming back to Florida. And I want to make this very clear because I do not want any of you in this audience or anyone outside this audience that you may know to be disappointed come early next week. From what I understand, and I'm not saying this is a Slater Scoop. I'm just telling you from what I understand, anybody that is saying that the app, is going to turn on, the Hard Rock Bet app is going to turn on in Florida on Monday or Tuesday, from what I understand, they are not correct. You might be saying, Slater, I see this everywhere. Every news article I see, it says Monday or Tuesday. Here's how news spreads and everybody believes, oh, it's everywhere. If everybody's saying it's going to happen, it's going to happen. If you actually read any of these articles, they all quote the same one or two people. Every single one of them. They all quote the same person. And that person has nothing to do with the hard rock. Nothing to do with the Seminoles, Nothing at all. These might be great people. And knowledgeable people. But as far as when that app is going to be turned on, they do not know. Absolutely do not know. They're assuming, and you know what happens when you assume something, they're assuming because the whole, whatever you want to call it, petition or the non hearing, the paperwork, it goes official on Monday. And then the hard rock, they're just going to go, boom, we're going to hit a button and everything's going to turn on. That's what they're assuming. Now, I wish, I really wish, because you know I'm pro sports wagering. I wish that happened. I would love for that to happen. I would love for that to happen right now. But Monday, Tuesday, go for it. Turn that baby on. Let's go. Let's go already. All I am telling you is from what I understand, it is not going to be turned on early next week. I stand by what I tweeted earlier this week, and I've been on top of this story the entire time. I'm the one that gave everybody the Slater's scoop when the app first went live before anybody knew it. So just go to my X feed, not triple X. I don't have a triple X feed, at least not that I know about. Just go to my X feed, formerly Twitter, and look at my timeline. And it's pretty clear what I have to say about the Hard Rock Bet app. And when I believe, it's going to be turned on. Do I know the exact date? I do not. But I will guarantee you this, the second I know when that app is going to go live, you guys will know about 25 seconds later because it'll take me about 15 seconds or so to type it all out and then another five seconds to read it over and then hit the send button. Now, I'm only on the air here Monday through Friday, and yeah, I do get some days off too. But if you follow me on formerly Twitter, which is now X, at Andy Slater, as soon as I know, you will know. Unless something completely changes over the next four days, from my understanding That app will not be on early next week as you may have read. So I just, I want to make that clear because I do not want all of you to be disappointed. I'm not going to be disappointed when it's not on Monday or Tuesday because I already know or understand that it's not going to be on. So I'm not going to be disappointed. If it were to change and were to turn on... (laughs) Absolutely fantastic. Wonderful. I'll be using it immediately because I will be in Miami. Fly back to uh, Miami tomorrow afternoon, which may have you thinking, where am I now? Well, you probably know. Or if you follow me on Instagram, you saw my story from last night, watching football here in lovely Medellin. Colombia. A nice 69 degrees outside last night while I was watching the game on television. The sliding glass door all the way open, no AC needed, just wonderful atmosphere. But I will be back to South Florida tomorrow afternoon, and I've got my poker tournament, the Slater Scoops poker tournament, happening Tuesday night inside the poker room at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, so I hope you guys will join me for that, 150 bucks to buy into my tournament, and there's a minimum of $10,000 guaranteed in the prize pool, cards will be in the air at 6 p.m., if you can't make it there by 6, it's okay, as long as you get to the window and get your seat by 8.55 p.m., to be exact, you will be able to enter my tournament. So I really hope to see a lot of you there this coming Tuesday night, the monthly Slater Scoops Poker Tournament inside the poker room at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. And speaking of the Hard Rock, how strange is it that we're in the middle of September and the stadium, Hard Rock Stadium, has already hosted three University of Miami football games, and the Dolphins haven't had one there. Not one. The Canes have played three games at Hard Rock Stadium, and the Dolphins have played zero. And they're more than a week away from playing their home opener. It's not like I say this and, oh, they're going to play on Sunday. No, they're playing Sunday, but they're playing in New England. That's kind of odd, isn't it? Three home games for UM and none for the Dolphins, and still we got to wait more than a week for the Dolphins' first home game for Dolphins fans to go out there and tailgate. And they only had one preseason home game, one too many, but it was only one of those. Not a whole lot of Dolphins football at Hard Rock Stadium just yet. My overall feeling about this football season is It's going to be really interesting for our Miami teams. I don't like it when both the Canes and Dolphins are either bad or boring. It's so much more exciting when they're good and interesting. And so far, when you look at UM and you look at the Dolphins, neither team seems to be bad. Neither team seems to be boring on the field. So I really think we're in for something. I don't want to say special just yet. It's too early. But we're in for interesting seasons with both of them. Keeping up with the entire pattern that we've had in South Florida sports in 2023. And the Marlins, they're right there too. Right there in the wild card race, going for that final wild card spot. Just a couple weeks left to play in the Major League Baseball season. Again, with everything that's happened, it's just part of me wants to say. The Marlins, they're, they're going to get it done. They're going to get that wild card. I'm going to go watch them October 3rd, the first wild card game in Milwaukee. That's just, that's how I feel right now. It's the most excited I've ever been talking about Milwaukee. Mainly because I never talk about Milwaukee unless the Heat are playing the Bucks. I've never been to Milwaukee been to a lot of places in the U.S. I've never been to Milwaukee, and I'm not a beer drinker. Not a beer drinker at all. Just beer doesn't do anything for me. I know a lot of you love beer, or for me, it just, it doesn't do anything. Football does something for me. I don't need to tailgate. I just want to watch football, and I have watched plenty of it, including last night, and I want to discuss what I saw last night and what I think we're going to see on Sunday night. But I can't until this hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. I want to start with the Canes, and I want to start with Canes football on the actual field, and then shift the conversation to football, but off the field for them, marketing-wise. Why would I want to bring up marketing? Well, because I think it matters. Football-wise, though, I do have a few observations after watching the Canes carve up Bethune-Cookman last night. We know Bethune-Cookman is not on the same level or anywhere near the level of the University of Miami, so there's no huge takeaway from that game other than the Canes came out of it healthy. But there is something that I have noticed through three games so far. This Hurricanes team is so much more physical. And I'm talking about the big dudes up front on both sides of the football. They're much stronger. They're more coordinated in their attack. They're better at run blocking and they're also better at pass blocking. This, to me, all has to do with Mario Cristobal. This is Mario's signature on this Canes team. Right away, year two, boom, he's already signed, hey, look at these lines. And that's the way it should be, because Mario Cristobal eats and sleeps line play. That's what he is. He's a lineman at heart. So immediately... As Mario has built up his program, you could tell that's where his focus has been put. That's where he's put his energy. And the results, they're happening right away. Year one, there's a transition. It it looked so bad, we didn't want to believe that's what it was. But now you take a look at the year two results, I just see this as Mario's signature. And it's so impactful on the way the game is played. Look at Tyler Van Dyke. TVD is playing just about at the level he was when he first came onto the scene. This is a great version of Tyler Van Dyke. You don't think having clean pockets is helping him? You don't think having time to go through his progressions is helping him? Absolutely. All of that matters big time. Tyler, after games and during his media availabilities during the week, he's been crediting his offensive line with his improved accuracy. And he's 100% on the money. Mind you, Tyler Van Dyke only played one half last night, but still, he's hitting his targets. He's relaxed back there. He's not hurt. He's not running for his life. We're seeing a dramatic difference. When you've got a better line... You're going to have better quarterback play. And then in the run game, the Canes' backfield, first of all, they're better. They're not relying on one individual. They literally have three or four guys who are legit number ones, and they rotate them. They just play the hot hand. It's a good system, and it works in part because those running backs have big holes to run through. One random play jumps out to me. There was a back who was basically stopped, but he was keeping his feet moving five yards down the field or so. And the offensive line pushed him like another five yards. Now I understand they went up against Bethune-Cookman, but that play shows physicality. That is how football games are won, having that toughness. The Canes... They won by 41, but they didn't play a perfect game. There were some errors. There was a turnover in the end zone. There was the missed extra point. There were mistakes, and it's a 60-minute football game. Mistakes are going to happen. That's just the reality of, of football. We always see mistakes. You want to limit your mistakes. You want to take advantage of the other team's mistakes, but you're just going to have mistakes. And speaking of Mistakes. This leads me to my bigger point about the University of Miami football program. When Mario Cristobal talked about this game during halftime and his sideline interview in the fourth quarter, he kept hammering those mistakes. He was hammering mistakes while Miami was up, I think it was 41 nothing. So the Canes have a 41 nothing lead, and Mario's talking about what he doesn't like coaches, they chase perfection. Mario is someone who was on Nick Saban's staff, and he's modeling some of Nick Saban's tricks. The issue is when Mario acts super serious and super unsatisfied all the time, you're up 41-0 and you're not satisfied? Come on. Like, really? Really? When he does that, he makes Miami football seem not fun. And I know he's a fun guy. I know he bleeds orange and green. And I know he demands excellence. But think about this from a marketing standpoint. You want fans to get fired up about your team. They're watching on television. The Canes have to sell tickets. Tickets have been a big issue a big topic of conversation. You need to energize a fan base. The Canes fan base has been unhappy with meh football for about 20 years, minus the year with the stomping of Notre Dame. We know when Florida State comes to town, it's a sellout, it's an electric atmosphere. But any other game, it's a hard sell to get people to go. And that's why I feel Mario needs to connect with the fan base. I think it's very clear he's done a great job connecting with recruits. He's known as a monster recruiter. So he knows the kids, the parents, the coaches. That's fantastic. But to make Miami what he wants Miami to be, he's going to have to pack Hard Rock Stadium. And he's going to have to do it again and again and again. And this is where I feel like he needs a slight PR makeover. Instead of the university begging fans to go to games, sending out emails all the way until a few hours before the game begins and offering BOGOs like you're at Publix or something, my suggestion would be Mario needs to be a person. Go out there and smile. Let down your guard just a little bit. Make Miami football look fun. I've seen it in news conferences where Mario, he'll start to let just a little bit of his personality come out. And then it's like he realizes it and he stops himself and goes back into like a robotic coach mode. Look at what's happening in Colorado. Sure, Deion Sanders is an outlier, but Dion, he sells tickets. Tell me Colorado football doesn't look fun. Colorado won what? One game last season? And it costs, I think, five hundred to get in to watch him play. And for the Canes, it's fifteen bucks on Stubhub. A dollar last night, although it was Bethune Cookman they were playing, but Texas A&M the ticket prices were so low on the secondary market you're talking about a five-time national championship team why is it so easy to get a ticket to a game why can you go on StubHub or SeatGeek or TickPick or GameTime or Ticketmaster and just grab cheap seats A lot of it has to do with marketing. The team, they look really good. They've got to be marketed better. Sell the vision. I know the type of program that Mario wants to build, and he's won rings in Miami. He knows what the program is capable of, but I just feel there's too much dang Nick Saban in his persona. He can let his guard down a little and let fans in. We don't need to have the Canes athletic department begging people and putting out buy one get one offers to have fans come support them all they need to do is create an atmosphere that people want to be part of talking all of the time about one false start penalty instead of the five touchdowns it makes it seem boring to watch the team play when clearly it's not And if you don't want me to use Coach Prime as an example, look at Mike McDaniel. Plays in the same building. He's funny. We talk about Mike McDaniel all the time. You think Mike McDaniel has any less dedication to winning than Mario has? Absolutely not. He cares. He cares deeply. But there's a difference. Mike McDaniel isn't trying to play on the tough, always unsatisfied football coach. He's just himself. Does he have standards? Of course. Will he cut a guy if he has to? Absolutely. But Mike McDaniel is not afraid to let everyone know how much fun the team is having. And that is contagious. That makes me want to talk about his team. It makes fans want to watch his team. All Mario's got to do is lighten up a little bit. Lighten up a little bit and you could do wonders. You're building a really good team in Coral Gables. It's time to Build back up the brand and create demand for it. That's way more fun than sending out emails, begging people to buy a ticket and come to the game. Just like none of you need to be begged to go see gorgeous at Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club. You see how fun that sounds? So much more fun than, oh, you know... I went to that adult establishment and one of the girls smiles. We need to get that. Like, what is that? No, you're going to see beautiful women and you'll be surrounded by them at Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club. And the reason Dean's Gold is the ultimate gentleman's club, it's because they have gorgeous women who come from all over the world. So many different countries are represented at Dean's Gold. You will have yourself an incredible night or even early morning. That's because Dean's Gold is open every single day from 8 p.m. all the way until 6 a.m. Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club, is located on the northeast corner of Northeast 163rd Street and Biscayne Boulevard that's in North Miami Beach. You can even watch the games there. You'll be entertained during every time out. Head on over to the ultimate gentleman's club, Dean's Gold. My 14th annual football pick'em challenge going on right now. Go to SlaterScoops.com. If you've got the most winners against the spread for the week, you're going to get a $100 gift card to Joe's Stone Crab in Miami Beach. on Stone Crab season One month away, one month from today exactly, that's when those stone crabs will be coming out of the water. If you've got the most wins against the spread after 18 weeks of football, you and a guest will fly away to Costa Rica, all thanks to the Costa Rica dental team. So head on over to SlaterScoops.com and make sure your picks are in, in my 14th annual Football Pick'em Challenge. I had Philly minus seven and a half last night. How did I do? Not a good start to the week. Hopefully the week will end well, though. At least Sunday will end well. Because the Dolphins are in prime time. And I don't know what you think, but I believe Sunday night is going to be a challenge for them. I want them to win, and I think the Dolphins can win and probably will win, but it's going to be challenging. The first game, the offense was essentially in video game mode. Every single time Tua had the ball, the Dolphins were moving up and down the field. The Chargers made seemingly no adjustments during the game. Tyreek did whatever he wanted. And now you face Bill Belichick where things are going to be a little different. Sure, it's a conference game just like week one was, but this is a divisional game. So the Patriots know the Dolphins very well. And we all know that Bill Belichick is one of the greatest coaches of all time. That is a dude that loves defense. That's how he was brought up in the league. It's all about defense. He had Tom Brady. (laughs) Tom Brady just did his thing. Bill Belichick, all about D. And as a result, I think there's going to be some wrinkles thrown at Tua and this Dolphins offense. I don't think we're going to see something as vanilla as what they went up against in Los Angeles. It's going to be trickier. I know Tua's 4-0 against Belichick. And Tua from the past few years wasn't as good as he is right now. We've only seen one game this season, but my gosh, he was sharp. And last season when he played, he was healthy. There were the MVP chance going on then as well. The, the one thing that the Dolphins will almost certainly face this week that they did not last week, it's going to be pressure. And you'll have to deal with pressure. That whole game for them was clean. Not one sack. And barely any pressure at all. If that happens again, the Dolphins win easily. If that happens in any game moving forward, the Dolphins will win easily. But I doubt that's going to happen again. I think, Tua is going to have to deal with a lot more pressure. And I think New England's going to have to find ways to not let Tyreek and Jalen run free. You think Belichick's going to let them run free right through the middle of the field, do whatever they want? There were so many plays where Tyreek was wide open He had so much space. I can't imagine Belichick looking at that game and saying, yeah, we're just going to try the old having nobody in the middle of the field and roll the dice. We'll just see how it goes. I'm thinking there's going to be a much better plan of attack against that Dolphins offense. I'm not saying it's going to work. Tyreek was saying yesterday he doesn't care if there's one, two, or three guys on him. It's not going to make a difference. Look, Tyreek before the season said he was going to get 2,000 yards. Certainly on his way to that. At some point, we should just believe Tyreek. And maybe here after Sunday night football coming up, we'll believe him even more. And as far as the other side of the ball goes for Miami, we know the Dolphins were a really bad week one. The league is so busy telling Tua that he's MVP. That we forgot, and it wasn't part of the conversation, how the Dolphins' run defense was abysmal. The only time the Dolphins' D stepped up was when the Chargers got the ball down two. Plenty of time to win the game, but they stepped up and they had a defensive stand. That was it. That was the entire Dolphins' defense in week one, right at the end of the game. So, there are areas where the Dolphins need to improve. The defense has got to be better in all aspects. And this goes back to Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick has faced Vic Fangio plenty over the course of his career. So, there isn't some huge surprise that Fangio can throw at Bill Belichick and he's not going to know about it. It's going to be very challenging. What jumped out about week one, to me, was really the Dolphins' run D. When you look at the defensive side of the ball, Xavier had a terrible game. There were mistakes, but what really, really hurt them was the run D. It didn't exist. And the Patriots, they're probably immediately going to go straight to it. They're going to try to pound the football milk the clock, control the game, set up third and manageable for Mac Jones. If the Dolphins can control the run and Mac Jones is backed up for third and 9 or third and 10, the Patriots will be in deep trouble. Because when you look for playmakers on the outside for New England, that's one area that they lack big time. They're not good at all. They got a bunch of number three wide receivers. The Dolphins may have the best one-two punch in the entire league, and the Patriots have a bunch of number threes. So if they can stop the run and back Mac Jones up, That is a huge edge for Miami. And that's what the New England Patriots have to try to neutralize. I got much more to say about this Dolphins game coming up Sunday night, and I will in just a moment. I've also got to tell you that you can head on out this weekend or any week or weekend to Gulfstream Park. Live racing going on every week. It is the sunshine meet happening at Gulfstream Park in Hollandale Beach, live racing right in front of you. What I do when I go to Gulfstream Park is I go to their trackside restaurant, Ten Palms, and I highly suggest that. You go into Ten Palms, you get yourself a table, you have a fantastic meal. The food at Gulfstream Park is really, really good. You get to see the live races right in front of you, and of course, like me, you could wager, and you could bet as little as 10 or 20 cents and possibly make thousands of dollars. I see it happen all of the time. Live racing going on right now every single week. It is the Sunshine Meet at Gulfstream Park. And if you can't make it out there and you still want to wager on the races, you could do that completely legal to do in the state of Florida right now. But you've got to have an app on your phone. The First Bet app. Download it. The First Bet app is the official wagering app of Gulfstream Park. Can the Miami Dolphins pick up a W on Sunday Night Football in Foxborough? Absolutely. Do I believe they will? I do. If the Dolphins do get that W Sunday night, they'll be 2-0, and and both of those wins will have been on the road. Both of them conference wins. One of them a divisional win. That is a great start to the season, and they would be putting themselves in such good shape. Think about this. After Sunday night, the Miami Dolphins will only have five true road games the whole rest of the season because the sixth is the Kansas City game, and that's not at Arrowhead. It's in Germany. So by the middle of September... The Dolphins will only have five real road games left in their entire regular season. And if they could have already started 2-0 and on the road, it would be huge. And look at the way the AFC East is stacking up. Aaron Rodgers, he's done, and the Jets' entire plan, while that's not completely over with, they're on shaky ground. And Josh Allen, he's shook. He's a turnover machine now. So if the Dolphins can pick up a win against the Patriots in Foxborough, their field, that would seriously give Miami the inside track to win an AFCE's title. That's the way I look at Sunday night's game. I know it's only the second game of the season. So many more things can happen. But I don't want to come on here every single week moving forward and say, oh, well, if Tua goes down, if he doesn't stay healthy, things can change. We know that already. We didn't see Tua get hit in week one. It'd be nice if we never see him get hit. But until it happens, there's really no reason for me to continue to bring up the absolute obvious. Any injury can change uh, any football team. So right now, while the team is essentially healthy, their big parts are healthy, minus Jalen Ramsey. He'll hopefully be back in December. But when you got Tua healthy, Tyreek healthy, Jalen healthy, when you've got your key guys out there on the offensive side of the football, let's just focus on what this team is doing right now. And they picked up a W in week one on the road. And I feel like they should pick up another W on Sunday Night Football. And all of you can pick up a W if you get in touch with Trajan Wealth. You may be thinking about retiring sometime in the near future. Maybe you think you can't retire in the near future. Call Trajan Wealth. They can help you. They will design a plan based around your goals. We talk about traveling all the time with friends and family. You know I travel all of the time. Let Trajan Wealth design a plan for you, one that you are looking for with your goals in mind. They will help you out, and it is absolutely free to set up a meeting with Trajan Wealth. They're locally in Palm Beach, so why not get a hold of them? Visit their site, trajanwealth.com. That's trajanwealth.com. Or if you want to pick up the phone, some people still like to do that, go ahead, do it. Their number is 561-390-1000. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor, and this is a paid advertisement. Some of these segments got to be a little short because the first segment this hour, I went like 25 or 26 minutes. See, that's what makes this show special. I give you some really long segments where you could just tune in and enjoy the conversation. The conversation I always like to keep here on this show, and I have for 15 plus years, is not only about sports, not only about traveling, not only about... and wagering on sports and all of that, but also about food. Good morning, we all eat. How am I going to tie in food, a restaurant, with our Miami Marlins who are fighting for a wild card spot? I'll tell you how I'm going to tie it in. The same way they tied it in a great promotion. Tonight at Lone Depot Park, it is Flanagan's night, or shall I say,
1: Flanagan's.
0: Why hasn't this happened before? The Miami Marlins, and kudos to them. They put out a ticket package, which, according to my Rock and Rib Roll sources, initially sold out, and more tickets had to be made available because this promotion was really popular. Tonight, they're going to be giving out with this special ticket promotion, the legendary flanagan's green cups but they're going to be branded with something marlins on them that's brilliant that's as good as a promotion as there is it is so south florida where you link up flanagan's with the marlins i know that they had some sort of uh, promo a uh, couple of months ago where Flanagan tweeted out oh we got a big announcement coming and It had to do with the Marlins, and people thought, oh, there's a Flanagan's going in to Lone Depot Park. Well, that would be really cool, or even in the parking garage, because whatever they've got out there now ain't working. You put a Flanagan's in that parking garage, people are going to go, but all it was was Jimmy Flanagan, the great Jimmy Flanagan, throwing out the first pitch, which is great for him, but for the fans, it's like, no, we want the rockin' rib rolls. We want the legendary ribs. We want the tumbleweed onion. Wednesday should be wing it Wednesday. Monday should be Mexican Monday. Nachos. I get excited when I talk about Flanagan's. I get excited that the Marlins are in the wild card race. And when you put these two together, and then they're taking on the Atlanta Braves at the same time, it's one heck of a promotion. So I'm looking forward to seeing on social media all of these Flanagan slash Marlins Uh, cups tonight, and then maybe we'll see him in the restaurant soon. I'll be at Flanagan's Sunday night in Kendall. I'll be watching the Dolphins game there, so if you're there, come by and say hello. All right, that's all the time I got for this Friday afternoon. Enjoy your football weekend. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.